Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, so let's get started. Today's guest on the show is Drew Perlman. Who who the heck is that? <laughs> That's myself, right? So so basically, as we get to the end of the year, I, I just felt the need to basically interview myself and where I can talk a little bit about some of the really big ideas that have come up on the show this past year. And it's been a wild, wild ride, a great ride. And I can literally say that every single person I've had on the show, I have learned so much from. And I hope you too, my amazing tribe of listeners that are out there. I, first of all, I am so incredibly grateful for you right now listening to the show. I'm grateful to everybody who's tuned in. And we've really grown the show from starting out a little bit over a year ago to, to now. And we're, we're growing steadily every month. So that's that's exciting. But yeah, I wanted to share some of the big ideas that I've taken away from the show. And, you know, it's interesting because over the years, over the course of my life, really, anytime I've been through difficult times, challenging times, turbulent times, I've always turned to the great books the poets, the philosophers. And now with the show, I get to talk to so many amazing minds and um, some great, great minds and to share it with you, the listener. And again, I, I am I am so grateful for you for listening and I'm grateful for the people that have been on the show. So yeah, so there's a lot of gratitude here. But uh, so so I figured we'll start out by going through some of the big ideas. And again, this is just seven of them that I that I picked, but there there are a ton more. We could we could literally I could we could go for hours on the big ideas from the different shows, but we're gonna pick I picked seven that I wanted to go through. And then also I was gonna ask myself some questions, some of the questions that I ask the guests that are on the show. So yeah, so let's do it. This is this should be fun. You know, hopefully uh hopefully you'll enjoy this. Hopefully, you know, you're not like you know, noticing that that Drew is Drew is interviewing himself, and you're like, "Ah, oh, I'm out of here. I'm done. I want someone good. I want I want a Bruce Lipton. I want you know a uh, Christian Northrup." But you know, I think I think you're gonna get some 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 cool ideas here today from uh, just some of the the great ideas that I that I've picked up on through the course of this fascinating, wonderful year. So let's get started. Number one, the first big idea is the power of presence, or in the words of one of my guests, Xavier Dagba, presence heals, presence heals. And this is, this may be one of the biggest, most important ideas that I've taken away. And Sean Brawley, who was on the show a few weeks ago, he says, you know, you need to stay present with whatever is arising, especially things that make that are that are uncomfortable, uncomfortable feelings that arise. And the 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 goal really is to stay present with these feelings because really stress, conflict, all of these negative emotions happen when we reject the present moment. So isn't that fascinating? It's like it's not so much 
the 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 emotion of anger or the emotion of fear or or whatever it is that's so much that's really the problem it's really that we're rejecting these feelings but you know as the the wonderful spiritual teacher pema chodron once said nothing goes away until we learn what it's here to teach us so if we reject the present moment if we reject some uncomfortable emotion it just keeps coming back so sean brawley when he was on the show he says that you know part of the work is going through these steps of just allowing what we're feeling to just be present to just be here and over time by doing this work we might even be able to welcome it which is kind of amazing. Imagine that, uh, um, being able to welcome something uncomfortable and even embrace it and love it, which is really, I mean, that's the work. That's that's the inner work that, you know, that we're doing. And to me, it's so clear that the most dangerous word, the most dangerous word in the English language is should. I should be feeling this or I shouldn't be feeling that. Because should essentially, when we say should, we're we're really rejecting what is because we're we're you know we're saying it should be this way or it should it shouldn't be this way. So again, as Xavier Dagba, the the healing alchemist said, presence heals. So that's that's the first big idea. The second big idea is live close to nature. Well, if you've been listening to any of these shows that I've been doing, you know that nature is literally the star of the show. It's it's not the guest, it's not me, it's it's nature because nature has come up again and again and again and is literally the star. And you know, years ago I did an interview for um, a documentary I was doing with the great Charlotte Gerson and her father, Dr. Max Gerson, you know, was healing cancer back in the 1930s. And her and she has a history of family history of healing, healing people of all kinds of disease, diseases that are considered so-called hopeless. And she said to me very clearly when I asked her about, you know, how her father, Max Gerson, created this whole protocol and how she created it as well, she basically said, study nature. Study nature its laws will keep you well. And that and that has that theme has echoed in my mind ever since because all of the great healers know this. Study nature. And as Kat Mare, the great herbalist who was on the show, said, you know, nature is her best teacher and her best healer. And it's and, and if you follow the laws of nature, it will show you how to heal. And it will heal you if you use the herbs and the plants um, as medicine. So there's incredible healing potential and power when we live close to nature. And it it can heal us physically, of course. It can also heal us mentally and emotionally. And there was probably one of the, the most emotional stories, <clears throat> one of the most emotional stories that was told on the show was when I interviewed David King, the garden master from California, and he talks, he tells that story about being very in a very desperate, he had just been to a job interview and he was feeling very desperate and down. And, you know, he went, went, went sort of into this dehumanizing job interview and the person really didn't, wasn't really listening to him. And, and I don't think he got the job and he was just, he just felt like he really had nothing to live for. Like he literally was giving up. 
And he he randomly stops his car by this garden and he wandered through the garden and he literally felt like the plants were talking to him and encouraging him and motivating him and telling him what, you know, what his next step should be. And by literally walking through that garden and being with the plants, he was rejuvenated and he, and he knew he knew what his path was. And since that time, he's been a garden master ever since and just getting his hands in the dirt. But but again, that's the other side of the, the plant world, right? The soil, um, the, the, the what it does to not just our body, but our minds and our emotions and living in community with nature. And, you know, the, one of the recent episodes with Chris Smage, the author and farmer, you know, he said, basically, let's let's rediscover what it means to even be a farmer. Right. We can all be farmers, even if we're in the city. It may just be growing a, a, some herbs in a, in a pot by the windowsill. Uh, we can all be farmers or, or we can support small farms. But um but again, this, this just goes back to that theme of this incredibly important theme of living close to nature and living in harmony and listening to her, right? L learning from her and listening to her and living close to nature. So important. Number three, and a, a third really big idea is give yourself permission to, and you can fill in the blanks here, give yourself permission to follow your dreams, Give yourself permission to live a beautiful life. Give yourself permission to be healthy, to be present, to be wealthy, whatever you want. Give, but this, this notion that we need to give ourselves permission first. Way, many, many months ago, I interviewed Rolf Potts on one of, the, one of the first episodes. And Rolf has written this great book called Vagabonding, this travel book, that really, really well-known book. And, you know, I asked him, you know, about traveling the world and all this. And he said, and he said, the first thing you have to do is just give yourself permission to follow your dreams. And I, and I thought that was such a cool way of putting it. Um, so whatever it is that you want to do, oftentimes we just need to start by giving ourselves permission. Like it's almost as though we're talking to that little child within us, right? The little child that, you know, two-year-old, four-year-old, whatever, and, you know, we're, we're giving that child permission to follow their dreams, right? Because maybe when we were little children, who knows, we were told that's, you know, being selfish and, you know, you can't do this. And, you know, people don't really, adults really don't do what they want to do. They have to do responsibility and all this kind of stuff. But so maybe the first big thing that we have to do is simply just give ourselves permission to live an amazing life. Wow, what, a, what an affirmation that could be every day. And uh, we had Heather Ash Amara on the show, the, the incredible spiritual teacher. And she, she said very simply, we're playing too small. We're just playing too small. We, we, can, we, we have so much more to give, so much more to do. We're playing way too small. And maybe one of the ways to, to play a little bigger is to just give ourselves permission. So that's the, that's the third big idea. The fourth big idea has come up, again, if you've been listening to the show, you know this has come up again and again and again, is cultivating a healing toolbox, right? A healing toolbox. And, you know, what are, what are the healing tools, right? Those are things like breathing properly, spending time in nature, 
moving our bodies, um, eating, eating, you know, whole real foods, plants and herbs, um, and, you know, meats and, you know, whole fats, you know, um, undiluted, unprocessed fats again and again, literally the best things in life are free. I mean, we, we have come up, you know, sunshine, um, feet in the dirt, hands in the dirt. Um, this, this is, these are themes that have come up again and again and again. And I know I sound like a broken record, but there's a reason they've come up again and again. The, these are incredible healing tools. And I don't think, you know, I've done work in functional medicine, working with, with, with people and clients and all that kind of thing. And I don't think there's any supplement that can do what proper breathing does. I don't think there's any medicine that can do what time in the sun and feet on the soil, you know, uh, contact with the earth's surface, bare feet on the contact with the earth's surface. I don't think there is any supplement. Um, getting exposed to microbes in the woods for a walk in the woods. There's nothing that we, that, that, that mankind can produce, humankind can produce that can equal what nature can do. Uh, and again, these are all free. They're all free. And the other part of this, this, so this, this heal, having a healing toolbox is really big, but also what you get from a lot of the speakers on the show is this importance of having, of, um, having a routine or a ritual. My friend, um, he, his episode is going to be released very soon, but, and probably by the time you hear this, his episode will all be out. But, uh, Milan talks about his two to five hour routine every morning. I mean, listen, we don't have to go that far, but for anybody who says they don't have enough time to have a morning ritual, you know, Milan takes it to two to five hours. So what if we, what if we just did two to five minutes? That would be a great place to start. But routine is really important. The power of routine, we heard it from Taylor Wells, who gets up every day at 4.30 in the morning to start her routine. And routines are really helpful because routines allow us to live from intention. So if you think about it, I like to tell people there's two ways you can get up in the morning. One is to get up slowly, maybe maybe a half an hour before you typically get up and get up slowly and take time to do your breathing, you know, hydrate properly, you know, whatever it is, read from a book that inspires you and you can and you can really cultivate that intention or you can simply just roll, you know, get up to the alarm clock, jump out of bed um, and just start racing through the day. And really you're playing catch up and reacting the whole day. So one of those, you know, the first way is living from intention. The second way is really living from reaction. And so that's really the power of routine and having some, some daily routine. And, you know, as the chiropractor who had so many great insights, um, Ken Erickson, who was on the show, you know, Ken says, you know, these small changes over time, they seem so small, like micro movements. Um, you know, I'm going to read, for instance, I'm going to read two pages from a spiritual book every morning, or I'm going to meditate for two minutes. They seem like such small movements, but he, but he says, you know, over time, these produce massive changes. So here's to making the small change. So, so important. 
Uh, number five, the fifth big idea is the power of community. I really took that away that from someone like Lynette Zhang. Now, Lynette is such an interesting speaker and she, she does great videos and, and speaks all over the place. But her background is really in studying currencies and in working with precious metals uh, like gold and silver, believe it or not. So she's, she's in that realm. But what, what really rings loud and true from Lynette's work is just the power of community in that we can't do it alone. We have to, you know, as Sean Brawley said, we're all in the same boat and we have to help one another. And we all have different strengths and we all have different skill sets, but we have to do it together. This is not a one person show. And that really comes from Lynette is her heart and her sense that we have to be in community with others. And the very first episode I recorded with Mandar Apti, who, um, who has started a really great organization called Cities for Peace, Mandar said something that it's, it kind of surprised me when I asked him, you know, if someone was hopeless, you know, what might you tell them? And he said, very simply, he said, go find someone that's maybe even more hopeless than you or who's more down on their luck and help them, serve them, take care of them. Because he, it was very clear, you, you, the, the path to finding your way out of the hopelessness and the darkness is through serving others because that's going to connect you. It's going to make you feel so you're not alone and it's going to take you out of ego and you start serving others. And I thought that was such a powerful idea. So that is such a great thing. If, you know, if anybody is feeling down, um, serve others, use that as an opportunity to serve and connect with others who are also down and maybe even more down and, and we can help them and, and show them love and kindness and all that, all that kind of good stuff. So number six, six big idea is tending to your inner realm, the inner realm. And this is really important. And this, this come, this came up in, of course, the Bruce Lipton interview where, you know, he talks about our, our subconscious beliefs and how they're really running the show from behind the scenes. And we heard about the inner realm from Don Miguel Ruiz and Don Jose Ruiz. Of course, they talk about the inner beliefs, the innermost beliefs, and how our life is really a reflection of our beliefs. Many of these beliefs we don't even necessarily know about. And Dr. Teshna Bolya, my friend, um, the chiropractor, she's now moved to she's now moved to another country, Ecuador. But she taught, she wrote a book called The Love Blueprint. And isn't it really interesting that we have these blueprints for different areas of our life? So we, we have, may have a love blueprint, a, um, a wealth blueprint, a health blueprint, a relationship blueprint. And we have all these blueprints and these blueprints are sort of like the blueprint that you would give to a builder to build something. And from these blueprints, we build things. Well, it's no different how we build our life. So we build our life. So, so we have a love blueprint, just as we have a health blueprint. 
And if it's a negative blueprint, we're going to build a negative outcome. It's that simple. So for Dr. Teshna, she uses some amazing tools like tapping, different tapping techniques and different muscle testing as ways really to communicate with the subconscious. Then number seven is what really matters. What really matters? And I took this away from the interview I did with Matthew Pippenberg and Hugh Hendry. Now, if you're not familiar with those two, two individuals, those two gentlemen, they are two of the biggest names in the world. I mean, I mean, in the world in finance. And they they've managed, you know, billions of dollars in hedge funds, and they're they're both sort of legends. But they both speak having reached the pinnacle to really discovering what really matters. And, it, and it's interesting because both of them are big readers. They read all of the ancient books and the old books and they're big readers. And, they, and, they, and they've really both come, come away recognizing that it's not the money, it's not the wealth and all that, the fame, but it's really about, for, for them, really, it's about nature, it's about community, it's about relationships. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Henry talks about, you know, just running on the beach and spending time playing, um, you know, on his island, playing um, tennis, <laughs> cranking out uh, French rap while he's playing at night. I mean, he's just, he's so funny. And, and Matt talks about reading all the great works and actually writing a book to his children when they were very young about what really matters. So getting back to, again, that it's not to say that we shouldn't strive for wealth, or abundance, that's certainly not what they're saying, but that at the end of the day, that's not what's going to bring you the fulfillment and the happiness. That that comes somewhere else. That comes from the inner doing the inner work and having those relationships and that time in nature and all that, all that great stuff. So yeah, so those are the so those are seven of the big ideas that I've really taken away from people on the show. And again, there's been so much, so much more than that, but that, that's at least the starting point. And I've just loved having all of them on the show. It's what, what an opportunity for me to talk to them and for you to listen to them and just spend, it's as though we're spending time with them. That's, that's how I feel about it. So I'm going to ask, <laughs> I know this is a little odd. I'm going to ask myself a few more questions here. And the, the question I wanted to ask was what it means to be, this is a question I ask the people on, you know, the guests on the show, but what it means to be human in 2021. And when I think about that question of what it means to be human in 2021, I think back to the summer of 2019. And I think back to the summer of 2019, because I remember wandering around the city of Boston and, and, and looking at people and most of the people that I walked by, they had their heads in their phones and no one was looking up. And I, I literally would practically walk into people and have to dodge people because no one was looking up. And I just felt as though, wow, mo most of these people I'm seeing in the city are incredibly unhealthy. They are in their phones. They're not paying attention. And this is really, you know, this is kind of complete disconnection from humans being just disconnected from he other humans being disconnected from the nature, but being totally disconnected and unhealthy. And so a lot of people have, you know, want to go back to how things were pre pandemic. But, you know, when, when I genuinely think about humans prior to 2019, 
I mean, in my eyes, I thought we were we were already deeply, deeply heading down the wrong path and we're, we're having big problems. And when you look at the numbers, even back in 2019, with chronic disease and cancer rates and autoimmune diseases and autism and on and on and on, we were headed down the drain. I mean, literally um, unsustainable, just completely headed in the wrong direction. And so here we are in 2021. And I think in some level, we've been handed maybe the greatest opportunity that we'll ever get in our lifetime to slow down and to change things around. Um, there, there's a book that I recommend to people called The Magic of Conflict. And I've read this before and I've shared it. It's by uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Tom Crum, Thomas Crum. And th there's so much great, there's so many great ideas in this book, but you know, one of the core ideas is, that, again, it's called The Magic of Conflict. And the whole idea is that from conflict is conflict is like this incredible activator that can help us elevate our life, that it can help us evolve, that can help us take our, our life to new heights. And he, he even compares it to like sunlight, uh, you know, triggering a plant's photosynthesis. Like the plant needs that activator and the activator is sunlight. Well, humans need that activator and the activator is conflict. And isn't that interesting? The one thing we've been told to avoid, the one thing we've been told to not, you know, want to deal with conflict, these inner conflicts, he says is precisely the thing that can help us elevate our lives. So, I mean, when I think about when I think about humans in 2021, um, I, I do think that, you know, we we need to embrace the opportunity of where we find ourselves right now. We need to embrace the magic of conflict because this this well very may be. I don't, I don't know what I just I think I got to turn, turn those words around here. That very well may be the opportunity that we've been seeking for our entire lives. And, you know, when I, when I also, when I, when I look back to, to the summer of 2019, um, I also think about something that's come up on the show with Dr. Catherine Clinton and with Dr. Maya Shitrit talking about the inner terrain and healing our inner terrain. And that real healing happens from the inside out. It's not you know, we've we've been very much dependent on external factors like a chemical or a medication. But the fact of the matter is to make ourselves more resilient against not just, you know, a microbe or a virus or bacteria or whatever, but to make ourselves more resilient to whatever comes down the pike, we have to strengthen our inner terrain. We have to build that up. And I, and I will tell you, there is no mention of this in the media at all, really at all, none. And isn't that interesting? Um, so that's what we obviously mention on this show because it's the key. It is the key is to strengthen your inner terrain. And I've heard this, all of the greats, all of the great healers that I've had the pleasure to interview will say the same thing. You have to strengthen your inner terrain. Okay, that's where it comes from. So this is what we need to do. 
And, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to get this from the mainstream medical media um, or you're probably not going to get it from your doctor. You're not going to get it from anyone. <laughs> so unfortunately, you have to you have to read, you have to learn, you have to dig, you have to watch films, you have to listen to podcasts like this and you can get it, but it does require some work. And uh, that is just it is incredible, incredibly important. Um, so. I want to ask myself another question that I ask others, which is what is the practice that makes you feel most, most alive? And for me, it's being out in nature. It's what I like to call breathing nature. So taking deep breaths, deep in nature by a tree in the woods. Um, I love spending time in the ocean, um, in the warmer months, in the sunshine, walking barefoot because the, the reason is I find as though I don't need anything else. It really simplifies your life to a huge degree. Like when I'm, when I'm walking barefoot and I'm soaking in the sun and I'm in the water, I don't, I feel as though I don't need to eat. I don't need to do, you know, I just, all my needs are met. I feel, I feel like so wonderful. Just on the sunshine on the face. Um, and so it, it really can help simplify your life by spending that quality time in nature. Um, it's just so, so important. And, you know, another, another, so that, that's a big part of it. That's a bit, that, that's what makes me feel the most alive. And, you know, something else related to this that I would say is to, to also feel very much alive. I think you want to do that inner work, do it, doing the inner work the breathing techniques, the um, maybe the journaling and the reading and all that, all that stuff, you know, reading of, of, of books that sort of feed your soul. That inner work also makes me feel alive. You know, I would say this, you know, when Christiane Northrup was on the show, she said, you know, don't watch the news. Don't watch the news. And it's so interesting because it reminded me of the Persian poet Rumi. Rumi, thir 13th century, back then said something to the effect that there is no news. There, there, there is no news out there. The, the news is inside. The, new, the real news is within you. So that, that's such, a, such an important part to do that inner work. You got to really turn off the news and recognize that there is no news. What's happening outside in the world, people will say there's so much conflict, there's so much chaos, but this is an ancient story that's been around many, many times. If you, if you turn your dial back to the 1970s or the 1940s, or we go back into the 1800s and then further back, you know, this is an ancient story of conflict. There, there's times of peace, there's times of conflict. And that's just an old story that's gone on ever since the beginning, you know, humans have walked the planet. So this is, this is an old ancient story, but in the, again, back to Rumi, you know, the, there is no news outside. That news is not news. Again, the news, the real news is within you. So do the work to go within. Look inside yourself. Explore your own inner terrain because this is the real news. And um, let's, let's keep going here. The final question that I love to ask people is, you know, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self uh, say 30 years ago or something like that. I read a quote the other day. It was by an actor. I think it was Hugh Laurie. 
the uh, the actor, and he was basically sit, and it was such a great quote, and and I, and I think it, it it applies to this question, and he basically just said, you know, you will never be ready for anything. Right. We, we, we always tell ourselves if there's something we want to do, we, we say, well, I need to get ready. I need to prepare fully. I need to get ready. And of course, there is some truth. There is some preparation that goes into anything. But his Hugh's point is you will never be totally ready. And you can use that as an excuse so that you never actually take action. And his whole point is, you know, take action now you know, do, do it now. Sure. You need to do the work. You need to prepare to some degree, but this notion that you need to wait till you're ready. No, you need to do it now. You need to, you need to go now because you will never be ready, right? You will never be ready. So do it now. Like with this, with this podcast, you know, it's, it's like I had certainly had hesitations where, you know, well, I don't know if this, you know, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get any guests. I don't know if anybody's going to listen, da, 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 da. You know, I'm not really ready, <laughs> you know, and that was a thought that crossed my mind, but, but ultimately it was just, you know, I'm never going to be ready. So may as well just, just go, just do it. Um, so that's, that's definitely some advice that I would, would share with my younger self. Um, so yeah, so you know what? That is that is what I have for you guys today. Um, again, this has been a wonderful, wild ride, and I hope you'll continue with me on this ride and this show, and I hope you're, you are, uh, you're enjoying the episodes. And please feel free to comment or email me or, you know, if you ever have any questions or thoughts or guests that you think we should um, have on the show, would love to hear from from some of you but again i hope you uh, take something away from some of these themes and some of the ideas presented here on the show and we love bringing it to you and we'll continue it on into 2022 so thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you and talk to you again very soon Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.